Let's go! From the four corners of the globe, welcome to the Park Chat Theme Park Podcast. Join us as we dive deep into a world of fun and adventure to discover what Australia's theme parks are all about. Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of Park Chat. It is just myself and Matt this time. Ash is away for this episode. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm well, Blake. How are you? Yeah, very well. I know you and Ash had recorded a couple of episodes while Ash was visiting yourself down in Melbourne. Yep. And I guess this is me kind of trying to make up for lost ground. I mean, I know I've been very busy in my personal life. Uh, It's good to have you back, Blake. It's good to have you back. It does feel good to be back. But yeah, there's been loads of stuff happening over the past couple of months. I'm not too sure if you guys mentioned this in your episodes that you did at Gumbai World and Fun Fields, but we saw the opening of Leviathan and all its trials and tribulations that it's been going through over the past couple of months. Christmas holidays, SeaWorld's kind of gearing up for Carnival now. And all of a sudden, we get two big announcements from Movie World. And I reckon we should start off with the smaller one first. And then we'll <laughs> the go smaller to the- of the two big, yeah. Yeah. And that is the Marvin the Martian Cosmic Boom flat ride that is going to be going in the back of Kids WB. Now, we have known about this for quite a while, and there's been a lot of speculation on online forums and message boards kind of theorizing what kind of ride it's going to be. Ever since it got announced with the Wizard of Oz precinct, which, which was in like June or July about six, seven months ago, but they didn't go into details to what it was going to be. That was the thing. Mm. Yeah, which I found a bit strange. I mean, I don't know if it's because it wasn't confirmed yet, but it just seemed really strange that they announced this ride on the side, but didn't really give much more information on it. Yeah, it was almost like Village Roadshow were just so excited about Wizard of Oz and they're like, we've got this massive new project coming in 2024. Oh, oh yeah, by the way, we've just got this little kids' rides coming in in 2023 too. Just- You'll see it soon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. It's coming. <laughs> so, Marvel the Martian Cosmic Boom, it's basically official now on the website that it's going to be an SBF Visa drop and twist tower 10 meter model, yep. which is, if you go back a couple of episodes ago, mm-hmm. I said it was going to be the drop and twist tower 6 meter model. I was this close. <laughs> you're, you're close. You're close, but just a little bit off. Yeah. Which, funnily enough, is the exact same ride model and the height as the Bombora Bounce at Aussie World, which mm-hmm. they installed all the way back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look, honestly, it's going to be a great addition to that area. That whole back area of the Kids WB area is an absolute ghost town. It's been that way since 2011 when the old Marvin the Martian ride, which used to be a Zamperla crazy bus ride, that got removed mm-hmm. uh, for unknown reasons. Do you know any reason why that was removed? Was it just unpopular? I didn't even know when it was removed. It sort of just I just went there one day and I was like, oh, that's gone. <laughs> yeah. The whole Kids WB slash Looney Tunes Village area has a quite an interesting history in the fact that when the park first opened in 1991, there was only two rides there. There was the Looney Tunes River Ride 
and mm-hmm. um, Speedy Gonzalez Tijuana Taxis. Yep. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was in either 1997 or 1998, Village Roadshow basically bought every single kid's flat ride that Zamperla was offering at the time because all the other rides were Zamperla rides. Yeah. So, like, the Sylvester and Tweety Cages, the Miniature Railroad, mm. the Miniature Bumper Cars, and the Crazy Bus Ride. They were all Zamperla attractions. And then in 1999, they added Roadrunner Roller Coaster. Can't remember when the uh, carousel was added, but that was added a bit later. Anyway, up until 2011, the Marvin the Martian ride was at the back and it just got ousted. And they never replaced it with anything. So, it's great to see that they're bringing the character back or representation of the character back into that area of the park. And just actually adding a new ride for the kids. Because I feel like, aside from junior driving school, when was the last time they really added something for the kids? The Pounce and Bounce? Yeah, and that that was removed as well not too long ago. Yeah. I was surprised. I thought it was still there. I'm just like, well, that didn't last very long, did it? No, but this is a good replacement, I guess. Well, they're kind of similar attractions, aren't they? One was like a standard frog hopper type attraction, which I believe- That was actually an SBF Visa frog hopper. So, obviously, Village Roadshow has- a good relationship with the company, especially mm. since uh, they just bought and installed Trident at SeaWorld, which is also an SBF Visa attraction. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think it's a perfect uh, addition to what they're going to be adding at the back there. And I guarantee you they're going to theme the ride car to the spaceship because it already looks like a spaceship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's crying for it. Yeah, it's a slam dunk. Like, if they don't do it, it's just like, what are you doing, Billy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) They have to do it. Mm. So, that's really, really exciting. And the other thing, too, I just want to quickly address this Mm -hmm. because it was something that was always, like, rattling my brain. Because one of the main theories as to what the ride was going to end up being was not the drop and twist, which is what it is going to be, but rather a miniature version of the swing ride. So, basically, think of like a miniature trident. Yeah. But it didn't make sense to me because if you know where the location of the ride is or where it's going to be, Mm. there's these massive trees that surround that area. And yes, they have cut some of the trees back, but- if they were going to put a swing ride in there, they would have had to have taken the whole tree out mm. because there would have been zero clearance for them whatsoever. Yep. And to me, that just made zero sense. I'm just like, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to go with this ride instead. But I'm glad they kind of went with a bigger model. Yeah. Just hopefully it's not too intimidating for younger guests. I think it's going to be borderline because, yeah, for us, it's one twelfth of the size of the giant drop. So, it's nothing. But for, (laughs) yeah, for a small child, especially the area it's in, I guess it's kind of going to be near that Roadrunner, which on its own could be intimidating. So, it could be a good size for it. Mm. You know, the only thing that I can say that I think is really missing in the Kids WB area with regards to rides- There needs to be a small coaster. Mm -hmm. Now, I know they have Roadrunner roller coaster, but that's- Smaller. I feel- It's smaller. I feel like, yeah, something along the scale of, you know, what SpongeBob SquarePants is at SeaWorld. Yes. That kind of scale. It's begging for that. I don't know where they would put it. Um, But it doesn't take a lot of space. So, they could find somewhere. Isn't there still half of that show stage empty where the junior driving school is? There is, but I believe they're using that half as, like, back-of-house storage. 
uh, we'll yeah, just take they, our junior driving school. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy with that, to be honest. Yeah, you could make it an indoor coaster. It would be sick. Mini Scooby-Doo ride. Done. We've done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always thought what would be a really, really good addition for that, like in terms of coasters, is, again, an SBF Visa figure eight spinning coaster. Have you ever seen those? Mm. Yeah, that would be perfect for that area of the park because they're not very big. They have a very, very small footprint, but you still have the spinning cars. So it's kind of a unique experience for the park. Mm -hmm. The next closest thing that you're going to get that on the Gold Coast, at least, is the tail whip on Steel Taipan. Or you go all the way up to the Sunshine Coast and ride Dingo Racer. Yeah. So I don't know. Village Roadshow, I'm putting that out there for you. Take my idea if you like. I'll be happy if you do. But I feel like that's all that we can really say about the Marvin the Martian attraction. I mean, like, it is what it is. It's a kid's ride. It's great that they're investing in that part of the park again after many years of not really doing much. Mm -hmm. But the main thing that they announced earlier this week was a $4 million refurbishment of Scooby-Doo Spooky Coaster. Yes. Now- Matt, I'm going to leave it to you to explain to the listeners in case they're not aware of the details about this. Yeah, so let me just pull up our document so I can refer to that. So, they, it was very, very short notice. I don't know if it was always intended to be so soon or if something's brought it forward, but they've announced that Scooby-Doo, as of the day that we're recording today, which is the 27th of January, is closed we're guessing for the, the rest of the year because they're saying 2024 is when the uh, the new refurbished upgraded ride will open. So, it's going to include upgrades to the track for a smoother ride experience, including the braking system is going to be upgraded to magnetic brakes, a partial track replacement, which we're thinking is probably going to be in that main disco room area. Vertical lift components are going to be replaced with one of the designs. We're going to see the new operating system for the ride, new ride vehicles with state-of-the-art harnesses, whatever that could mean, whether the harness is going to change to over the shoulder or we're not sure, as well as a testing seat for people to try before they buy. And by buy, I mean ride the ride. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, off the back of that, all this information that you've explained to the listeners, this can all be found on the Village Roadshow Theme Park's website where Mm. they actually have a blog type feature on the website. And this has all come after a long list of massive ride refurbishments throughout the park. We had the new trains on Roadrunner roller coaster in 2021. We had the new boats for Wild West Falls. Superman Escape also got some TLC as well, with a lot of the effects being brought back online, as well as Justice League, which I can actually say Ash and I went on Justice League just the other week, mm-hmm. and it was a significant improvement over the last time that we went, which was just before they did the refurbishment. Like when we went before the refurb, Pretty much none of the effects were working. Yep. I'm pretty sure the lasers were not working. I remember it not being too good. A lot of effects weren't working. Yeah, you're right. No, the, the, it was in a pretty poor state. Mm. But when we went only a couple of weeks ago, pretty much everything was working. I think there was only like one or two things that we saw that were a little bit, uh, that they could have still fixed that. But at least the lasers were working. I felt like I was actually hitting the targets this time. Mm-hmm. The only thing is a little bit, uh, I thought it was a little bit flaky is when they have the, the projections and you can interact with the projections. Like you can shoot the star rows 
on that. I felt that was a little bit hit and miss with the target recognition. Yeah. Just in those scenes. It did work, mm-hmm. but I felt a little bit cheated on that. But <laughs> but overall, it was a significant improvement. I really actually quite enjoyed the ride again. Mm. And I'm just curious as to whether or not this Scooby-Doo Spooky Coaster expansion thing, or the refurbishment rather, is just kind of come off the back of this uh, trend of what they've been doing throughout the park to try and get everything back up to scratch. Obviously, you know, money is clearly not an issue for Village Roadshow right now. You know, they're splashing all this money around, not just at Movie World. We saw the new Sly Complex at Wet and Wild, yep. as well as, you know, uh, the new Atlantis. And, of course, we've still got the Wizard of Oz to come in about 18 to 24 months' time. Mm. Yeah, no, I think they're definitely working to improve the park because whether it's got to do with the opinions that are coming from the public or what, Ash and I did notice when we were looking at, in the previous episode for Funfields, we're looking at the reviews for the parks and there's definitely a way to go for Village Roadshow with their parks. They're falling behind. So, whether it's them being reactive to that and reactive to the feedback that's coming from externally, because I know not a lot of people were impressed with Scooby-Doo Next Generation. It was hyped up to be this really great upgrade to the ride. And I feel like it just missed a lot of what it was trying to hit. That was such a bitter disappointment. I still remember to this day getting off Scooby-Doo Next Generation for the first time. And my sentiments were, what the flip is that? With much more harsher language. I was really (laughs) disappointed. It's almost like they had this ambition to put in all these amazing effects and stuff. But they try to do it with, like, a tenth of the budget. Yeah. And, look, I think they were definitely ambitious with what they wanted to do. And their vision was there. And I think it had the potential to be a really, really cool execution. But I think you're right. I think somewhere along the line, they maybe just pulled back a little bit more than what they should have. And that's how it ended up. Mm. And off the back of what you were saying before with regards to public reception of Village Roadshow in recent memory, there's been a lot of backlash towards Village Roadshow, especially over this past holiday season with the amount of ride closures that they've had. You know, a lot of people were disappointed that they couldn't get on Leviathan. Mm. And then there was a myriad of ride closures at Movie World. You know, we saw Doomsday, Wild West, Green Lantern, Scooby, all basically shut down within days of each other. I mean, it doesn't bother me so much because I'm a local that has a subscription pass. You can come whenever you would like, yeah. But if you've flown up from Sydney, Melbourne, anywhere Mm. else in the country, and you came to specifically go to the parks, I would definitely be asking for a refund or a return ticket or something. Mm. And look, I don't think we can fully blame the park for that. I know a lot of people like to point the blame and say, movie world, what the hell, why'd you close all these rides? But looking at the facts of it, Movie World is more popular than Dream World. So, I think operations and maintenance and all of that aside, their rides just get slammed compared to any other park in the Gold Coast. They get so much more attention than what other rides do. So, they'd be constantly running and it's just inevitable that you're going to have 
unexpected closures for them all to fall on the same week was just really bad luck for him. But I will give him credit. My brother went to the Gold Coast just uh, about a week or so ago. And he went last year as well. So, he actually got to go back to the park for free this time because when he went last time, he waited four hours, four full hours to get on DC Rivals. So, they gave him a return pass and he was much happier this time around. Still busy, but in comparison to last year, their operations were much, much better, even with those closures. So, credit where credit's due. Four hours. Four hours. Did the ride suffer downtime? Were they only running one train? What what happened? If I'm not wrong, I think they were running one train and I think Superman was down because that's oh, when I went not no. long after and Superman was still down because I couldn't get the parts in for it from what I heard. So, yeah, that's really poor form. You can't have single train ops during peak season. It's just you can't do it. I mean, Dreamworld held out for as long as they could down the road with steel tie pan because um, I don't know if you heard, they're currently not running the train with the tail whip car. because I did see that on Theme Park Worldwide. So, what's happening with that one? Uh, I believe they're just waiting for a replacement part. So, I'd imagine, you know, they've contacted Mark Rise. They said, hey, look, we need this replacement already. It's going to get shipped over from Germany. And with the world still recovering from COVID, you know, shipping still takes a very, very long time, especially for something very specific like that. Mm. But- uh, It is what it is, and it is one of the main hindrances of running a theme park in Australia where you're so far removed from everything else. All the manufacturers are either based in the United States or Europe, and it just takes forever and a day to get everything shipped over here. Yeah. But anyway, I think we've gotten a little off track. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) track. But uh, overall, I'm really, really glad to see that Scooby-Doo is going to be getting the attention that it deserves. You know, Mm. it is- it, you know, originally opened in 2002. So, we're talking a ride that's over 20 years old. Oh, arguably towards the end of its lifespan. Well, I mean, that's debatable because, I mean, you would think that a ride being- Indoors. Completely indoors and not exposed to the elements, you kind of get a bit more longevity out of it. And it's not like mm. a super intense ride. It's not like a DC Rivals or a Superman Escape. It's a wild mouse coaster. Yeah. And Muck Rides, in terms of their engineering, they're like top tier. They're mm. up there with, you know, B&M in terms of like their proficiency in manufacturing and fabricating rides and track. But, well, you mentioned before we started recording that one of the main things that you said with the ride cars- is that the ride cars themselves in their nature are quite cramped and Mm -hmm. they don't allow for varying guest sizes, whether, you know, like you're a very tall person and you were saying that you have a hard time fitting into the ride cars and also maybe just like larger guests as well have a hard time. So, I think they're trying to address that as well, which is really good. That's a great thing that they're doing. Oh, absolutely. And also having the test seat at the front too. I just think that should just be mandatory amongst all rides because could you imagine waiting like an hour and a half two hours for a ride you get there you don't fit and then you have to go and do the walk of shame that's exactly sucks. it's embarrassing yeah it is hmm. mind you i've seen people who've actually gone in the test seat they've gotten the green light on the test seat mm. but when they've gone up to the station platform they've had to do the walk of shame oh. and i'm yeah, I don't understand how that happens it's like does the test seat need to be recalibrated like what's yeah, going on Yeah, I saw that happen. I just went, man, what do you do? Where do you think the test seat's going to be located? It'd have to be at the entrance, but you think it's going to be outside, inside, or like how far in? I definitely think it's going to be outside. I think where they'll put it, 
they'll put it, you know, where the bullpen on the outside of the show building is, mm. you know, like the overflow. Mm. I think they'll put it there. Okay. Either that or they'll just put it like, they'll put it on either side of like the main staircase going into the attraction. Mm. Oh, but then I feel like it could ruin the aesthetic of the building. They won't put it at the top of the stairs because that's where the guests- Oh, there'd be no room. Um, sort of, sort of stands. I reckon it's going to go inside. You reckon? I reckon. But then it's going to be awkward still because you have to do the walk of shame out. <laughs> yeah. The inside of the Scooby-Doo queue line, you know, like you've got the main hall mm-hmm. where they play the- I don't know. Do they still play the- Yeah, the Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> the <laughs> behind the scenes making of thing that only goes yeah. for like 15 minutes. I must have seen that thing like 60 times at least. Um, do they still use both sides of it? Because I feel like for the longest time they were only using the left portion of the queue line. Right. You see, when I went, mind you, this was almost a year ago now, it was only the left side with a curtain yeah. going along. And I think I get it. I get that they use that for event spaces, but I would like to see in this upgrade some way of addressing that. Mm. I think a temp fence with a, a curtain draped over it isn't, the best way yeah. to do it. Like a floor to ceiling curtain would work. I can understand why they did it. They were using that area for either scare mazes or they used it for the ultimate terror tour. But this is going back to like 2016, 2017 when they did that. Mm. So it's been a long time since I feel like that they last utilized that right side of the queue line. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually do touch up any of the other effects and things like that in the queue line, not just in the ride itself, mm. and whether or not they're actually going to address the whole elephant in the room, which is the whole projection mapping yeah. blunder. Yeah, good idea. Or if they're going to go back to practical effects. Because honestly, I liked the practical effects more than the projection mapping. Yeah. I think it suited the vibe of the ride more because it tied itself more into the original film from 2002 or whenever it came out. Mm. Because it was meant to be like that cheesy, old school yeah, ghost yeah, yeah. train ride. Definitely. Using practical Victorian era style effects. Mm. Just for uh, comparison, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but at Alton Towers in the UK, they just closed down their haunted house attraction. And there was a recent announcement about what it's going to be called now. And they basically said, yeah, we're going back to old school. We're going back to Mm. old practical effects. We don't want to focus on screens or projection mapping or anything like that. We want things to be tangibly there. And I think if they did that with Scooby-Doo, that would be awesome. I mean, there's less chance that those things are going to break down or even just be out of sync when I went- like, I went on Next Generation a couple of years after it opened, mind you, but one of the elevators, some of the screens weren't working. Mm-hmm. The other elevator, the screens were working, but were horribly out of sync. So, oh, yeah. by the time Scrappy-Doo <laughs> goes to push you out of the elevator, you're already dipped down the backwards drop on your well into the disco room. Yeah, it was um, terrible. But I also noticed that final drop with that whole room sort of projection screen, it was blurry. The, the, it was out of focus. Are you talking about the part on the turntable where it flips you around and then it has, like, the glass explosion noise? Oh, no, no, no. At the very end, the very end where it, like- Oh, where you get the final jump scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. Oh, it was out of focus? It was out of focus when I went, yeah. So. Really? I thought it was just a TV screen that they use. No, Maybe it, it was, was like a projector, projector onto, uh, like, a big wall. Um, interesting. But, yeah, even the turntable, I noticed it wasn't- Half the time I went on it, wasn't working. 
I think everyone's the same. We just like that disco room being just very loud Scooby-Doo music and just lasers. <laughs> well, I don't know about bringing the disco room back. Frankly, if I were Village Roadshow, I would be spending the time and actually theming that room a bit more, like actually making it look more like a castle, you know. Mm. I think like uh, what Six Flags did with their Gotham City Gauntlet rides. This is during the late 2000s. A bunch of Six Flags parks built into Wild Mouse Coasters, and it was all themed to the Dark Knight because that was like the craze at the time. Mm. So I think the whole premise is, is that you're like weaving through the streets of Gotham and like the Joker's like left his mark everywhere. And I'm just curious as to if they could do something like that with Scooby-Doo, you know, like you're wandering the halls of the castle in yeah. the Wild Mouse section. That would be cool. Yeah. But that I don't know. Maybe that's a bit too ambitious. <laughs> I mean, we never know at this stage. They haven't really released a lot of detail on exactly what is going to change. They just obviously mentioned very briefly the upgrades. I think the track upgrade is going to be really good. I did notice that it was very rough around those last few curves when I last went on it. And also the train upgrades should be good too. Hoping they keep the train design the same they just upgrade the hardware if that makes sense yeah i understand what you mean they reuse the shell but the whole chassis of the car as well as probably the wheel assembly and uh, and the shock absorbers and all that kind of stuff are all up to modern spec mm. i would imagine that when the ride was originally built back in 2002 a lot of the ride was welded together mm. that's a very old hat in the industry now pretty much everything is all computer machined as well as just bolted together because welds create weak points, mm -hmm. uh, especially when with moving parts. So, I can only imagine that's the direction that they're going to be going in with the ride cars as well. And potentially the partial retracking. Yeah, low maintenance, easy repairability, and a hopefully just old technology in terms of theming. We don't, like we, I'm talking for everyone here, but I hope I am representing everyone when I say we don't necessarily care much for projection mapping. We want an old nostalgic Scooby-Doo experience. We don't need anything fancy. And I think that'll work really well for the park and it'd save them a lot of time and headaches and money in repairing these projection screens and TV screens and things that just break. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, coming from an audiovisual background myself, I know how finicky projectors can be and having them constantly running in a loop several hours a day, I can only imagine the issues that you would encounter with having something like that. Mm. But I think we'll leave it at that. Overall, I'm excited. I'm happy that Village Roadshow is taking these steps in the right direction. It's good to see that Marvel the Martian is finally announced. Actually, with Marvel the Martian, did we get an opening date yet? I don't think so. Let's see what the website says. Doesn't look like it has an opening date on the website. No. Landing oh. soon. That's all we got. So, I guess we just have to stay tuned for that. Let's put in our predictions. I'm going to say September school holiday. No, that's no, too far away. April school holidays. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Easter. I reckon Easter. All right, we've got the same bet. Yeah. And I think, well, I mean, hopefully this is not the case, but it might get pushed back to, it might get pushed back to winter. Mm. I'm just thinking about what happened with New Atlantis, but that was a completely different kettle of fish. Yeah. This should just be a couple of bolts in the ground. Done. Yeah. Test it for a bit. Good to go. Yeah. Anyway, I think we should wrap it up. That was a- Nice quick episode. Nice quick episode. Absolutely. And hopefully next time it will be all three of us for the next episode. I don't know what the release schedule is going to be like, whether or not this episode will be released 
before or after the Funfields episode. Yep. So, so we're really scum buyer, mm-hmm. and then it's either going to be Funfields or this one. Okay. Yep. But whatever the case, the next episode that we record after this, it's going to be all three of us. We're all going to be back. What we're going to talk about, have absolutely no idea. Hopefully, maybe by that point, we'll start to see some development at Dreamworld, you know, for Kenny and Belinda's mm. Dreamworld. Well, I know yeah. they've already started making a start on that. Destination Dad and Daughter actually had a good video on that the other day. Yeah, I saw a lot of the theming has already been removed. So, mm-hmm. clearly, IP is coming to an end. That contract must be nearing its completion. And it looks like they're working quick to get rid of DreamWorks. Oh, they'd have to. I would imagine they would have given them a grace period of some length of time and DreamWorld mm. are just cracking down to try and get that out as fast as possible so they can get started on their new Kenny and Belinda's Dreamland. Wouldn't you love to get one of the old statues from one of the rides? Like, where are they? Just put them out in the backyard. <laughs> I want the Kung Fu Panda one. You know, the one where we're all standing on them oh, yeah. all together. I want the Shrek that was in the fountain. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all right. I think we'll leave it at that so everyone knows um, what we'd like to hear is all your feedback. So, jump onto our socials, Facebook and Instagram at Park Chat Podcast. Drop us any sort of feedback that you've got, any questions. We'd love to answer any sort of questions you do have on our next podcast, whatever that one is. Any sign off from you, Blake? Shrek is love. Shrek is life. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we've got the IP for that. <laughs> If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. I dare you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you later, guys. See ya.